Welcome to CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode 28. This is your host, Al's Penguin, John Sachs. We talk at length about David Bromberg and about Al's participation in Dylan's self-portrait album. At the end, Nelly the Dog adds a brief canine observation. We were just talking about David Bromberg, who talked about you very complimentarily when he talked to Mark Marin back in 2016. This is an email from PKYBA. Uh, I don't know how to even pronounce that. At Well, he was obviously a, a Parkway statistic attorney. Yes, exactly. He says, in 1970, when asked about Dylan's self-portrait sessions, David Bromberg said, the musicians are the finest I've ever played with. If anybody was the leader, it was Al Cooper. He came up with a lot of ideas and helped move the sessions along a great deal. In 2016 interview with Mark Marin, Bromberg said the history of rock and roll can't be written without Al Cooper. So what does Al remember about the self-portrait sessions and playing with Bromberg? Well, he was great, and he was a, a very easygoing pleasant personality mm. so that's always helpful yeah and uh, so we we got along very well and that's basically what I remember I would have to have song titles because all those albums are like intermeshed in my head I mean self-portrait was a very strange record because it was a double album and uh, it was mostly or entirely things that he didn't write which was a complete change of pace for Mr. Dill. Would you d suggest that Mr. Bromberg's memory is correct, that you did have kind of a leading role in organizing well, the I troops? Well, I usually did Yeah. when I worked with Bob because I had more history than anybody else had, and we, we were comfortable together. So whereas if he called people to play, uh, they were either in his live band at the time mm. Or he was just, you know, enamored of their playing and would have them come. Yeah. Whereas I had spent more time with them. Yeah. And sometimes pre-time before the album. Were you pretty much there for most of the self-portrait recording sessions? I guess not, because I, I don't remember these titles at all. <laughs> Well, it, it's really interesting. I mean, he does Paul Simon. If you look at the list of the songwriters, you got Paul Simon and Gordon Lightfoot. and. Uh, well, I think that was the point of that album. Yeah, yeah. And people didn't get it. People didn't, didn't appreciate it at the time. And then he came back with New Morning, which you were the unofficial producer of. I did a lot of work on that, yeah. And we talked, we have a whole episode or two about about New Morning, but we didn't specifically talk about self-portrait. Bob Johnson, who was the producer, was the antithesis of me. Mm-hmm. And maybe Bob needed that because he would just uh, pat Bob on the back a lot, which, which I never did. Yeah. I was just interested in, you know, uh, making it uh, sound as good as possible and get the right players and everything. And he, d d you know, didn't know about that stuff, mm. Bob Johnston. Right. 
So all he could do was, although he did a great thing, which was when he when he uh, when he took Dylan to Nashville, and handpicked right. the players that played on that. But in, that was that was the, uh, I think his biggest achievement yeah. in working with Dylan. Yeah, and to be noted that he brought the only New York dudes that he brought. Well, was he? You he and, didn't bring them. Well, Dylan brought you and yeah. uh, and uh, J- Robbie Robertson, who's yeah. actually not in New York, but. But what's interesting is you you look at the Nashville Blonde and Blonde sessions, there were like five or six guys. There was the famous crew of musicians. But if you look at the list on uh, Self-Portrait, there's it looks like about 50 names here. I mean, Well, I'm saying that's because um, they changed from session to session, whereas uh, uh, Blonde and Blonde, uh, Nashville, was all the same musicians, although sometimes uh, he would bring in uh, one or two if we wanted to do something. Like, I think we did horns on one thing, so he brought a horn player in. Yeah, we talked about, they called up a trombone player in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got Garth Hudson, and you've got, you know, other band members, and you've got just all kinds of people on here. I think it was, yeah, I think it was done in a, a multitude of... Uh, Different personnel sessions. Did Bob or Johnston or any or you or somebody figure? Okay, today, tomorrow, we're going to be doing these songs. Let's well, call no, up these no. guys. Well, no, no. We we never knew. We never knew. <laughs> what song was coming uh, each day? So, except on Bond on Bond. Right. So in Self Portrait, you would like Bob would do what he felt like doing, and, exactly, and whoever was there would would either play or not play. Yeah. It's crazy. I had to learn the songs at the same time that the rest of the band did. Yeah. I didn't have any advance. Right. <clears throat> but I had ideas. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a closet arranger in my head. Right. So that's actually the trick to my playing is... Uh, I go, well, if I played this, this would be a nice compliment to what this is going on here. Right. Like that. And that's that's why I was able to work a lot playing on sessions because that's what I did. Right. I'm trying to picture this scene in, uh, first of all... I don't remember it. I have to tell you the truth. The the, uh, the self-portrait yeah. sessions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the Bob Dylan website, they gave like... <laughs> No information. They just have a list of songs. And, and well, probably nobody remembers. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they were done, you know, like maybe in couplets. Okay. Like you'd get these guys and they'd do two songs. Right. And it would take, you know, six hours or something. And that was it. But really, like Dylan would say, today we're going to work on this and whoever was there. No, no, he didn't know what they were going to work on. Until, it, until everybody. He, he maybe knew the first song. Okay. Yeah. And then he would have to figure what he was going to do after the first song was cut. And what came out depended on who happened to be there and what they wanted to play and maybe how you influenced. No, no, them. not what they wanted to play. It, it, it no, be, I mean, I mean what how they wanted to to back him up. Yeah, but he I'm, would announce a song and then people would say, "Oh, I think I know what I'm going to do." 
Well, it's not really like that. What is it like? I, I guess you I'm have to, to picture. you have to listen to him play it, right? And see what key it's in, and what tempo he's doing it at, yeah. and if he's changed any of the chords because he does that sometimes, right? And like that, and you have to learn what he's doing. Okay, that's the key to it, and then then you start taking it when everybody is in accordance with that. So he would sort of demo the he'd start, song. He'd start playing it. And then people would join in as they... Yeah, but I, I like to have him play it all the way through once. Yeah. And I could write down what chords he was using. Right. So I could play with him, and every other studio musician would do that too. Right. If it took hours to develop the final take... Was it, it? Sounds like it was just organic. Like you would play it, and then somebody would say, "Well, these were, you know, usually these were, you know, uh, studied musicians, yeah, and you know they knew the game, right? So uh, if he played it the same every time, yeah, which you never know, yeah, uh, then we were okay, yeah, and then it was up to him to pick his performance, yeah. Unless he was listening to the producer. Was it relaxed and fun, or was everybody a little tight, or, you know? Well, usually it was uh, relaxed. Fun, I wouldn't say, because <laughs> it's work. It's, yeah. ha- it's hard work. Yeah. And, and you're trying to do something that takes other people days to do in a very short period of time. Yeah. And that's why, you know, they're called studio musicians. Yeah. But if they weren't truly studio musicians, then you had to wait for them. Wait for whatever the fuck that is to go by. You sound like a motorcycle to me. <sighs> Fucking motorcycles. All right. Uh, okay, well, uh, this, all, this whole discussion of New Morning came out of this gentleman's... Uh, repeating what Bromberg said about how you were the kind of official, unofficial leader of the bands for new Mo- for for self-portrait. So that's nice. So I thought we would dig a little bit into self-portrait. We've never done a whole specific focus on self-portrait, so this may be as close as we come. Well, I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. In you know, decades. Yeah. Well, it freaked everybody out because it was a Dylan album with nothing he wrote. And the, the critics went berserk. But um, I know for myself, over time, I've become fonder of the record, you know. So. What took you so long? Well, Dylan, I'm kidding. Dylan always left us in the dust, you know. This has been Coopercast. This has been CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode 28, brought to you by Hard Work. And you can also submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page.